Could you tell someone, I love you no matter what? No matter where you've been, no matter what you've done. Well, that's what Michaela heard when she was feeling alone and confused and guilty when she was pregnant and when she had scheduled an abortion. God graciously used friends and family who demonstrated unconditional love, and, and that love brought her back home, and that love welcomed into this world a beautiful little baby. Let God's unconditional love wash over you as you join me in this conversation with Michaela. Well, Michaela, thanks for joining us. I have really been looking forward to this conversation. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, so, you know, um, Laura and I have known you for a long time. In fact, you used to house set and dog set for us. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Maisie. Remember Maisie? Maisie. I love Maisie. <laughs> Rest in peace. <laughs> you, you loved Maisie more than I loved Maisie. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I did. She was a great dog. And I know Lori loved her, too. <laughs> so let's kind of start at the beginning. You grew up in a Christian home. Mm-hmm. Uh, went to the youth group, trusted in Christ earlier on in your mm-hmm. life and demonstrated that. Yeah. And you talk about when you get to um, nursing school, mm-hmm. um, you kind of kind of walked away from the Lord. Just talk a little bit about that that process. Grew up in a Christian home. I'm the youngest of five kids, and my parents are wonderful, godly parents. They brought us to church every Sunday, every Wednesday. I went on the church retreats, the mission trips. I was super involved. Um, I remember, you know, being in ninth grade, I heard the gospel message for like the first time so clearly, and I remember that. Um, it was on a church retreat, actually. I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior, realized that I needed a Savior because I'm a sinner. I would say throughout high school, I was kind of like living one foot in the world, one foot in the church. I was, you know, one way at church and then around my friends kind of just tried to fit in. And um, But I had a relationship with the Lord throughout high school. I was in a Bible study, um, and I had a lot of friends that kind of kept me accountable and kept me walking with the Lord. And then when I graduated high school, a lot of my friends kind of went off on their way to college. Um, A lot of them moved out of state, and I stayed in Pittsburgh, and I went to nursing school, and I was still living at home, but um, just slowly started taking steps away from the Lord and away from going to church. Um, It wasn't like I just woke up one day and was like, (laughs) I'm not going to church anymore. Mm -hmm. It was just like those little steps that you take that you um, stop prioritizing your time in the word. And, and then, you know, my, my accountability people were gone. So I Mm -hmm. just, I didn't have anybody that was really um, holding me accountable to going besides my family. Um, But I was an adult, <laughs> mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I had choices to make, and I just wasn't choosing to, mm-hmm. you know, make Jesus a priority anymore. Can you kind of think back uh, in that time and think about maybe some decisions you made? Like you say, mm-hmm. it wasn't like I woke up one day and said, "Okay, I'm done," yeah, you know, or mm-hmm. I'm going to take a break from this. Yeah, but some decisions you made that kind of led you down that path away from the Lord. The biggest things were I I stopped reading my Bible, really. I stopped um, committing my time to prayer. I really wasn't coming to church. So if you think about it, like, you know, your relationship with the Lord grows only through spending time with Him. And I wasn't spending time with Him. Mm -hmm. So, you know, 
I replaced that with spending time with friends that I made in nursing school who had different values than than what I had growing mm-hmm. up. Um, and, you know, spent some time in the world partying a little bit and just it's like whenever you're living that um, living in sin, you just don't feel like you want to even be in church. Like I didn't mm-hmm. even want to be held accountable or like feel any type of like remorse for what I was doing. It was like I was just having fun. I was just living my life. And um, just each decision I made, it was like I just walked further and further mm-hmm. away from the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I moved out of my parents' house after I finished nursing school. And I was really on my own then. And it was really like, wow, I can do whatever I want now. And nobody's really going to hold me accountable. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of just one thing, one little step um, in the world and away mm-hmm. from the Lord mm-hmm. is what eventually you know, got me to the point where I was really far away from right. God. So you're in the medical field mm-hmm. and uh, you meet uh, a doctor. Mm-hmm. Uh, KP. Yeah. And you guys start dating. And talk about that relationship and then how that uh, kind of progressed. I actually met him um, in the start of, actually it was before COVID, but we met the end of 2019. Um, we were just in like a similar friend group. I had known him. Um, he was a resident at the time. And he was just the sweetest person and so kind to all of his patients. And I, you know, just wanted to know him more we um, started hanging out and eventually COVID happened and we both were um, taking care of COVID patients so we had kind of like almost like isolated ourselves together um, Mm -hmm. because my dad has some health issues I wasn't really going around my family much because of that Um, so it was really just him and I during COVID. And so one day you're not feeling you feel a little different Mm -hmm. and so you take a a pregnancy test Mm -hmm. And tell the rest of that story. Fast forward um, to December of 2020, um, you know, I just wasn't feeling like myself. And I just had like a passing thought of maybe I should take a pregnancy test just to see, you know, I didn't have any other idea what was really going on. Um, So I did. And it was positive. And I, um, you know, just my first immediate thought was like, oh, my gosh, like, how did I get here? And Mm. It's just like, it was like all of the the years of walking away from the Lord, it just like all kind of came to a head of like, wow, I'm so far away from from where I want to be and from, you know, where I was raised and how did I get here? And um, it was really scary. I felt so many different emotions whenever I found out I was pregnant, but one of the biggest ones was um, shame and fear and Mm. just... I was so afraid of what my family would think of me um, and just disappointing them, letting them down. Mm -hmm. A a lot of people, you know, talk about uh, shame and and Mm -hmm. guilt and those types of things. Just talk a little bit about how you how you kind of processed all that as you were going, as as you learned the news Mm -hmm. that you now have a little life uh, Mm -hmm. within you. Yeah. And so there's, you know, there's all kinds of emotions that go mm-hmm. on with that. Mm-hmm. But then spiritually, you mentioned uh, kind of blame and shame and, and those types of things. The shame was um, something that I had really struggled with 
ever since, you know, I can remember I, I had made decisions even when I was walking with the Lord faithfully in high school, there were still things that I did that I felt a lot of shame for. Um, and so shame was kind of like the title of my life, you know, growing up, it was like, I just felt so much shame and, you know, it was never like my parents were very condemning, but I just kind of felt like they were judgmental. And so immediately when I found out I was pregnant, I was like, wow, this is really going to disappoint them. And it was like, I put that label on myself. Like you should be ashamed of yourself for, Mm. for this. And, um, yeah, I just think that it's something that I just carried. It wasn't like somebody, you know, necessarily told me that I should be, but it was just I was putting that on myself, right, I think. Right. Talk about when you learned that you were pregnant, your conversations with uh, KP and kind of how you guys started processing that. Yeah, so we were just, like I said, he was like getting ready to um, go and do a fellowship in Seattle. And we were kind of at a crossroads in our relationship, like what what are we doing here? Like we weren't committed to each other to the point where we were thinking about marriage, but um, you know, just trying to figure out what we were gonna do. And then to find out we were pregnant, it was like, wow, really what do we do mm-hmm. here? Um, and we both decided that like, this was a mistake and this was something that we needed to fix. And really it felt like in that moment there was really only one option to do that and that was to have an abortion. And you know, looking back on that, it's like, that's a telltale sign that I was walking so far away from the Lord because mm-hmm. I had grown up going to the marches for life and being a big supporter of Choices Pregnancy and the, it used to be the Pregnancy Resource Center. Mm-hmm. Like I was, you know, I would t- say I was pro-life, but, but when you're faced with that, and you feel like there's no other option. It was like, I was justifying it. And I thought, mm-hmm. you know, this was something that I needed to do to mm-hmm. fix the situation. And, you know, KP was on the same page. We both weren't ready. This was not mm-hmm. in our plans. And this was something that we weren't ready for. Um, and I had called one of my best friends, Rachel, who I met through the church. and. We still were in contact. She was at Grove City College, um, but we remained friends, and she was someone that I felt like was a safe person to talk to about this, and she immediately told me, she was like, okay, well, you're not having an abortion, so don't even think about it, Mm -hmm. and I was like, it's kind of what I have to do. Like, I didn't say that, but I was like, you know, but you don't understand. This is is, is bad. (laughs) I I think what you say is so significant because um, you know, w- we we stand for life, mm-hmm. went on marches, mm-hmm. d- you do all these things, and it becomes, this is what we believe. Mm-hmm. But now, this thing is for real. Yeah. So you scheduled, you actually scheduled mm-hmm. a time for an abortion, right? I did, yeah. And it was on the calendar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, talk about the next steps. Yeah. At some point in there, you went to choices so i scheduled the appointment for the abortion after kp and i kind of talked about you know our both of us were on the same page that we didn't want to move forward with the pregnancy and um it was just going to be my little secret that i would keep forever and it would be you know something that kp and i would only share i wasn't going to tell anybody else and the people like rachel knew that i was pregnant so i was planning on just telling her that i miscarried and really Mm -hmm. that was my plan rachel ended up she had a meeting with Heather who was our mentor throughout high school (laughs) and Heather knew that I was like not walking with the Lord she knew something was off but looking back it's obviously the Holy Spirit put that in her mind to ask Rachel really what was going on and 
um, Rachel couldn't lie to her because that's our mentor. <laughs> I mean, and so um, long story short, Heather found out that I was pregnant and I agreed to meeting with Heather, even though I wasn't, I felt, you know, I was like, I don't want to tell anybody else this. Like, I just mm-hmm. want this to be my secret and I just want this to be over with. And when I met with Heather, um, through our conversation, she was so loving and kind to me. And I, I thought she'd be like, Michaela, how did you get here? What is going on? But she was like, just so gracious to me, um, and kind and loving. And, and she told me, she's like, why don't you reach out to choices? Like just start there. And I was like, okay, fine. Like I really don't have anywhere else to turn at this point. It felt Mm -hmm. like, so I was like, fine, I'll just schedule the appointment just to make everybody happy. Um, and I did, I scheduled an appointment. I was doing like a virtual, counseling session with one of their um one of their counselors jill and again she was just so kind and so loving to me on the phone and i just was like i don't deserve any of this like i made such a big mistake Mm -hmm. and like you guys should all be mad at me and like you shouldn't be like loving and she prayed with me and was like i just you know we'll be praying for you and she asked me if i wanted to come for an ultrasound and i was like sure why not like might as well do an ultrasound because she told me she's like we'll even see if this is a viable pregnancy and so I was like okay fine so we I scheduled an ultrasound for that following Saturday um and went to the mobile clinic in the south side and um when I heard the heartbeat for the first time I just like really clicked for me like wow this is a life Mm -hmm. this is not my heartbeat this is another human's heartbeat um And so for me, that's whenever it started, like I stopped looking at it as like a mistake and I started looking at it as like, this is a human inside of me. Hmm. It's another life. I still had that appointment for the abortion the following Mm -hmm. week. And I, during that time period, just kept going back and forth about it. And um, it wasn't until the morning of the abortion that I woke up and I just, felt so heavy and I had this like pit in my stomach that I was making a mistake Um, and I just felt like my gut was telling me not to go forward with the abortion but I also was so scared and um, you know I ended up for the first time throughout all of it I cried out to God and I just said Hmm. Lord I'm sorry that I um, haven't included you in any of this right now and um, I just don't see any other way out of this I need you to help me. I have nowhere else to turn right now, mm. and I'm desperate. Mm. And um, when I got out of the shower after like praying that prayer, and really just that was my prayer of surrender. I was like, okay, I give up. <laughs> um, and I got out of the shower, and I had a missed call from Betsy, who was one of the ladies from Choices, and she was just calling to check in on me. And I ended up calling her back, and she just said exactly what I needed to hear in that moment. Mm. She said, "Michaela, you need to trust your gut, and you need to go with your gut. Mm. Everything's going to be okay." And I just hung up the phone, and I went downstairs. I said, "KP, we're not going to have the abortion mm. today." Um, and that was really that was the last day. Looking back, it's crazy all of the details of how the Lord worked, but that was the last day that I could have had an abortion legally in Pennsylvania. It was Mm -hmm. right at the 12 week mark where you can take the pills still. After that, it would have been surgery and I absolutely was not gonna have surgery. So it really Mm -hmm. was like the Lord, you know, helped me make that decision and then was like, this is final, no no turning back. Cause I would have, I probably would have like kept contemplating after Mm -hmm. if I had more time. In your story, there are some really good friends, Mm -hmm. right? Rachel mm-hmm. and Heather, mm-hmm. friends that you ended up meeting, Betsy and Jill. Yeah. Talk about the importance 
Talk about how God used mm-hmm. those friendships in your life to help you get to the point of, uh, of wanting to follow him. Oh, my gosh. The Lord used these people to really just pour out grace and love, and it just showed me what a loving father looks like through their actions because they all met me with such grace and kindness and love and I think up until that point I had this image of God as being this like mean mean God that just like oh you made this mistake zap like (laughs) there's your consequence and there was no like love to the image that I you know had of him um And the Lord was working in their lives. Like, if you hear it from their perspective, how this all came to be, it's amazing to see how he worked through Mm -hmm. each of their lives and through Heather to, like, put that on her heart to ask Rachel if I was pregnant. And just Betsy and Jill, like, they were such an answer to prayer because they were so kind and sweet to me. And that just really showed me the softer side of God that Mm -hmm. I was missing, like this the loving, tender Mm -hmm. father that we have. Now, Betsy didn't know that you were scheduled to have an abortion on the day that no, she called. That she, nobody I mean, knew. It, it was Mm-mm. that day. You're going to take a shower. Day. You're getting ready to go. Yeah. And then you get her call. Yeah. She had no idea. She didn't know. And and when I called her back, I didn't even tell her that I was planning. I just told her I was having a hard day. Hmm. I said, I'm having a really hard day right now. And she's like, okay, well, just go with your gut, Michaela. Because everyone knew I was like still figuring out what I was going to do. But nobody knew that I like actually had an abortion scheduled. And... I just, I needed to hear that. Mm -hmm. I needed it. And like looking back, I'm like, thank you, Lord, for putting. And she actually, like I said, it's so cool to hear their perspectives because she never took the phone home before except for that day. She Mm -hmm. said she took the phone home from the mobile clinic and she had never done that before. And she said she felt like the Lord was saying, call Michaela, call Michaela. Mm -hmm. And like, that's so cool. Like our... (laughs) It's so cool to see how God works. Amazing God, huh? Amazing. He's so detail-oriented. Mm-hmm. So uh, you tell uh, KP, we're not doing it. Mm-hmm. How did how did that go? It was tough. I think, you know, I mean, he we both had a plan, and I was now straying from that plan. So I told him, I was like, I'm going to give you the day. I'm going to go handle some things. I'm going to have to tell my family eventually. Um, and so I said, think about it. I'm going to give you, you know, you don't have to stay. I'm doing this. I'm making this decision. But if this is not what you want to, you don't want to be a father, you're not ready. Like, that's okay. I'm just going to give you some time. And so I did, I left our apartment that we were living in and I just, I felt like I needed to go and talk to my dad. And (laughs) that's what I did. I went and showed up in my dad's office at work. I ended up chickening out. I was so nervous when I saw him face to face. I was like, oh gosh, I can't tell him he's going to mm. hate me. So I left his work after I showed mm. up. I so left. You, you just went there to I just went and, and Yeah. <laughs> I was just staring at him and he's like, what's going on? And I was like, nothing. I would literally was like shaking. Like I mm. could have probably, oh my goodness. I was so scared. And I chickened out. I was like, okay, well, it was nice seeing you. Um, <laughs> talk to you later. <laughs> And then uh, when I left, I got in my car and was driving and I got a text from my dad and he said, why don't you come back? I feel like you wanted to talk to me. And so I called him and 
he knew, he knew right away something was going on. Um, my family all knew I was not walking with the mm-hmm. Lord at this point. And um, when I talked to him on the phone, I just started crying and I said, Dad, I have messed up so bad and I did something and you're not going to be proud of me and I'm sorry in advance. Like, you don't have to talk to me ever again. Like, I'll just excuse myself from this family. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said to me, Michaela, you are my daughter. I love you so much. There's nothing you could do that would make me love you any less. And Jesus loves you so much. And there's nothing you could do that would make him love you any less. And I remember just being like, but dad, you don't understand. This is not just something little. This is big. And he said, I don't care if you're pregnant. I don't care if you've had an abortion. I love you. And we'll get through anything. And I was just like, Gosh, I just said, Dad, I'm pregnant. And there was a little bit of a pause, but he said, okay, I love you. <laughs> and I was like, I don't deserve this. And I just remember like bawling and I was like, oh my gosh, like this is exactly how the father loves us. Like he loves us so much that it doesn't matter what we did. He's still there. He loves us. And all it takes is just... <laughs> reaching out to him. He's right there. And in that moment, it was like, oh man, it was looking back. It was just like everything kind of collided. And I just remember like being like this heavenly father loves me so much and I don't want to live a single day without this love. Mm-hmm. And that for me was like the turning point whenever I surrendered my life. I said, Lord, I don't want to live without you anymore. Like, mm-hmm. It wasn't just like, oh, I need you to help me through this. It was like, I need you in my life. I need you Mm. as my Lord and Savior. And that was such a turning point for me Mm -hmm. in my life. McKellie, we talked earlier about knowing something and then Mm -hmm. experiencing something. Would you say that was the first time you really experienced God's unconditional love for you? That was the first time that I felt it so tangibly. I'm Mm. sure I've had other experiences. Like he's always, you know, he's been faithful throughout my whole life. I can point to different time periods, but that was like really big for me. That was the first Mm -hmm. time I had like really felt his love and just the tenderness of him and just knowing completely I did not deserve this at all, but yet he Mm. still loves us so much and so powerful. Your earthly father mm-hmm. really showed you what your heavenly father's love yes. was like. That's mm-hmm. that's a, that's that's powerful, mm-hmm. isn't it? When you experience that, mm-hmm. so you've told your dad, mm-hmm. you have a tight family, mm-hmm. last of five. <laughs> I'm the last of five too, so it's a pretty pretty good gig. Yeah, pretty good gig. <laughs> um, now you have to tell your family. So yeah. kind of walk through that a little bit. Yeah. So telling my dad, it was kind of like ripping the bandaid off. My dad was. Him and I have a great relationship, but he's tough and he was tough growing up. So really, truly, I was not expecting that response from him. I thought it would be like a more tough, tough approach. Mm-hmm. Um, but telling him, he just he prayed with me at the end of that conversation. And he said, I'll help you tell everybody else. Mm-hmm. And he said, if you want, I'll talk to mom first. Or if you want me to be there, if you want me to be there for all your siblings, he said, I'm going to walk through this with you. And 
I'll help you tell everyone else. I'll help you tell everybody. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I have such a newfound love and appreciation for my dad because he, you know, this was something that was, it could have been devastating. And yet he was like, I don't care. I'm willing to Mm -hmm. walk through this with you. Um, So I started, you know, after my dad, I told my mom and her response was exactly the same as Mm -hmm. my dad's. It was, we love you so much and it's okay. And we're going to walk through this with you. And then I went to each of my siblings' houses and um, they all just met me with the same amount of grace and Mm -hmm. just each one of them were like, Michaela, we're no better than you. We have our own stuff that we're dealing with and we're all sinners. We all fall short. And yet it's okay. We love you. We're going to walk through this with you. And I just remember each one of them, I told them all the same thing. I was like, it's okay if you don't want to like associate with me anymore. Like it's totally fine. I get it. Mm -hmm. Each one of them were like, no, we love you and Mm -hmm. it's okay. And so it was just like, man, each through each sibling, Mm -hmm. I just felt more and more of like the father's love for me and the grace that is there. And then there's still KP, so you get mm-hmm. to go back, mm-hmm. and you don't know exactly what's going to happen with that relationship. You know, after I got my family's kind of, you know, love and acceptance for me, I was like, I kind of have, you know, what I need. I have my support system, so I was ready for whatever. Um, but when I got back to KP, he met me with a big hug, and he said, I'm going to walk through this with you, and we're hmm. going to do this together. And Did I, you ex- did, Was that unexpected or did it was you so une- I mean he's the greatest person ever he's the sweetest person I you know was hoping that that mm-hmm. was going to be his answer but I at the same time like just dropped a bomb on him of mm-hmm. like you're going to be a parent <laughs> um if you want to um and he did he just was like yeah this is I'm staying <laughs> and mm-hmm. you know we had so much to figure out after that point um really you know you talk about like all the logistics, especially for him, he was going to be moving across the country. So it just, at that point though, it didn't matter. We were like this, it felt like things were falling into place a little bit. And Mm -hmm. even though it looked so messy, um, it was like, you know, I just felt such a peace about it. And, Mm -hmm. and he just was like, yeah, I'm staying. So that's great. That's great. Yeah. And then you guys, uh, got married. We did. Yeah. 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 Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Yep. We got married. Um, Alessia was born in um, August of that following year. And we didn't want to rush into marriage, like just because we really wanted to take some time. And I felt like, you know, I was slowly starting back on my path with the Lord. So I didn't want to make any big, huge decisions. Mm -hmm. I felt like I needed to really take things slow. So we waited. I um, had Alessia in August. He had moved to Seattle for a short period of time for his fellowship, but ended up um, feeling like he wanted to come back. So he came back and we got married and then, you know, we got a house together and um, just, I mean, I I just like am in awe of all the blessings that the Lord Mm. has given me that I don't deserve any of them, but I'm just so thankful to be in this place where I'm at now mm-hmm. and mostly for my relationship right. with the Lord and how it's grown. You make the decision to have a baby mm-hmm. and God has given you this precious gift, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Alexia. Yeah. 
Talk about her. Alessia is just the most beautiful, vibrant <laughs> little girl. She's so sassy. I don't know where she gets that <laughs> yeah, from. Yeah, right. Um, but she is just, oh my gosh, she's the light of all of our lives. Um, I look at my parents and how just it's their only grandchild and mm-hmm. she's brought so much joy to their lives. Um, and my siblings, each one of them just adore her. It's just, I'm like, wow, this is such a blessing. She's such a blessing to all of our lives. And what I used to, you know, whenever I was going through the time period of deciding whether to keep the pregnancy, it was like, you don't see it as, Mm -hmm. you don't see it really as like a life. You see it as um, a burden, but man, this has just been just the best to be her mom. And I know that she's going to grow up and she's going to be, she's going to be a force to be reckoned with for sure. Michaela, I want you to talk to two two people, mm-hmm. two groups out there. So <clears throat> the first one is uh, a young woman mm-hmm. in your situation. Um, um, find yourself with an unexpected mm-hmm. uh, pregnancy, um, thinking about abortion. Mm-hmm. Give them some counsel. Help mm-hmm. them to think through this. Help them to pray through this. It's tough. I get emotional thinking about it because I remember exactly what that felt like. I remember being so scared. When I think about it, I can put myself exactly back in those shoes of being afraid and feeling like there was no option other than to abort. Um, And I know it's easy for me to say because I'm on the other side of it now, but I do feel, I do know exactly what that feels like. And I would just say to that girl, like, cry out to God. He loves you so much. He's there for you. Let him be your counselor. Let him be your, um, let him love on you. It's so easy to get caught up in like all the what ifs. It's so Mm -hmm. scary finding out that you're pregnant. Um, But try not to focus on what it's gonna look like a year down the road or 10 years down the road, just take it one day at a time and cry out to God, surround yourself with people if you can, if you have believers in your life, reach out to them and allow them to love on you and help you through it too. It's so hard, but the Lord can use anything Hmm. in your life, anything, and he can turn it into beauty. He can take absolute ashes and turn it into beauty. Hmm. And I'm a walking, living testimony of that. Talk to the parents of um, they've just heard they've just heard the news, mm. and um, just talk to them from your side, from the from the child side mm-hmm. of what it meant for you to to experience this unconditional uh, acceptance and and support. There mm-hmm. was a bunch of support. Yeah, in the in the months ahead, I'm sure as a parent, that's I mean, that's one of the biggest fears that you have. Now being a parent, I can see that I can understand mm. that. Um, but I would just encourage parents who might be dealing with that news to just take a step back, realize that we are all sinners, we are all in need of a savior. Um, And this is an opportunity for you to love on your child and to show them what Jesus' love looks Mm -hmm. like. 
um, especially for me, that was huge from, I wasn't walking with the Lord. So for my parents to show me that and my siblings, that was like, <laughs> I needed that in mm -hmm. order to really come back to the Lord. And so it's an opportunity. Um, the Lord can get you through anything if you allow Him, mm -hmm. if you rely on Him. We all deserve grace. Talk about the importance of good friends. Mm -hmm. Not just friends who will tell you what you want to hear, mm -hmm. but friends who will speak, tr who love you so much mm -hmm. that they'll speak truth to you. I'm so thankful for my friends because they really were like my big support during that time um, where I didn't feel like I could necessarily go to my family. Um, I know my family would have been there if I went to them, but I wasn't ready, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, having friends that speak truth and love is the most important thing. And that's what, exactly what Rachel and Heather did to me that day. Like they, they loved on me so well and I'm so thankful for them. Like they were just doing, they were just being Jesus to me in those moments mm. whenever I wasn't looking for Jesus. They were Jesus to me. And just having that support system is everything. Having friends that love you and that know the Lord is everything. Mm. There's um, a girl out there. She just found out she's pregnant. And uh, this pregnancy resource center thing, mm -hmm. right? What, wherever uh, someone is listening, there's a, a, a pregnancy resource center in their area. Mm. And she's thinking, that's the last place mm. I want to go. Talk to that young woman about her need to go there mm -hmm. and at least have the opportunity to speak to some people there. Mm. Choices and the pregnancy resource centers all around really the country, there's so many. They just want to love you. They just want to meet you where you're at. They want to walk through it with you, and they will. They're not going to judge you. They just want to help you through. And they're, they really, truly are there just to support you in whatever they talk about. You know, there's three options, really, adoption, abortion, and being a parent. And they'll mm -hmm. talk to you about all of those, all of those. And they do it in such a non-judgmental and loving way that – I would just say go. You mm -hmm. just go. Just put your, just get there. I know it's hard, but just get there, and I promise you're not going to regret it. One more thing, I want mm -hmm. you to talk to that person out there dealing in a really, really hard time. Mm -hmm. No doubt about it. Mm -hmm. Talk to them about the joy on the other side mm -hmm. of having uh, that little baby yeah. and making that decision for life. Yeah, I know it can seem super scary, and it it and it is, um, but. There is nothing that compares to when you hold that baby in your arms for the first time. And and then it just gets better and better. I mean, when they learn to say mama and dada, I mean, your whole world just, you just melt. And it's just the biggest blessing to be a parent. Mm -hmm. um, and the Lord just loves, loves us so much. And <laughs> how much more, I mean, we love our kids so much. How much more does the Lord love yeah. us? Yeah. So... It's just such a blessing, and it's only something that you'll get to experience when you hold them in your arms, really, but it's yeah. so worth it. Well, I'm going to ask you to do this. Would you pray for us Yeah. as we wrap this up? I'd love to. And, uh, uh, man, you've, you've lived the story. Mm -hmm. And so pray for those going through some challenging times. Yeah. Oh, Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this time here today. Um, I thank you, God, first and foremost, for everything that you've done in my life. And I know that it was only... Um, 
by your grace that I'm sitting here today, Lord. And um, God, I just pray for any woman out there who might be struggling with the decision to keep their pregnancy, Lord. I just pray that you would supernaturally um, surround them with your love and your peace and guide them to um, choosing life, Lord. It's such a lonely road, but you want to be there for us. You're walking with us. You love us. You care for us. And I just pray that um, if anyone feels alone right now, that they would feel your love and presence. Thank you, Lord, for everything that you did in my life, and um, thank you for this time. I pray that you would send this message out to whoever needs to hear it, Lord. In your precious name we pray, amen. Thanks so much for coming on. Thank you. And I really appreciate uh, you sharing your story of God's work in your life. Yeah, thank you for having me. You bet. So a father's unconditional love allowed Michaela to experience the unconditional love of the Heavenly Father. And I want you to experience that today. Wherever you have been, whatever you've done, the Heavenly Father loves His children with an unconditional love. If we can help you understand that unconditional love, please let us know. And thank you for joining us on the Journey Podcast. 